What up, though? I'm your boy CB. That's Chill B, and this is the Chill Bravado Podcast. And I bring you a series called Laker 8216, where we cover the grind of an 82 game long season where it takes 16 wins to get the chip in the end. We are now past the all star break. We've got all those shenanigans out of the way. And we're now we're heading to quote the second half of the season with really 20 plus games left for us. It's 23 as Laker fans. So we, we really have very little time to get this thing together. And we're trying to get into the playoffs play in whichever you have. Um, Some of us, have already kind of packed it in, but most of us are not optimistic because of the trade that happened. So today I'm going to break down the brief game of having everyone healthy on the squad against the Pelicans. So I'm going to talk briefly about that. I will not speak on the all-star weekend because I'm it's just not me. Like that's not Laker action. You know, <laughs> it's not really what I do here, but I do. I did watch it in the, and Matt McClung is the only thing I'll shout out, you know, shout out to that boy who played for the Lakers at one point in time. So that's what I'll say about that. But we're also going to talk about, you know, some questions that may remain with the team right now, you know? So people are wondering, people are looking. And then we're going to talk about the top five, top five. Yeah, I'm going to do a top five. I'm going to kind of mix it together because we haven't had any games to analyze. So all I can do is talk about the Pelicans game and a little sample size we've seen with that which was great that we ended on a high note. But we'll get to all that and much, much more next. All right, we are back. We are back and we're going to get into what we have coming forward okay we have the warriors coming up prime time game on tnt you know i love to win but i definitely love to win on tnt i love to see charles after we win because he has to either go back and push back on you know whatever but if we lose he gets to talk about us so bad it's so annoying and it makes me i love watching um tnt um you know inside the nba but it's hard to watch it after i lost it makes me sick because then you have to hit Charles. I mean, Charles and you have to hit Shaq and Shaq's, you know, G, whatever classifications to talk about this stuff. It, it gets annoying, but here we are. Warriors coming up. No curry. You got to win that game, right? Yeah, I think you got to win this one. You know, I'm going to get into the next seven games we have because we play the Warriors twice in the next seven games. I'm going to break that down a little later. But before we get to the future, the Pelican game was such a must-win game. It wasn't just because of standing things, but this is the first game you're going to see everybody out there. LeBron played in this game the first time he had played since breaking the record. You know, he had to rest himself, you know, after breaking that record, you know, and carrying this team on his back for so long. He needed some games off, apparently. So Portland shot the laces off the ball. They destroyed us, and it looked bad, and people was really like, oh, no, this sucks. We're going to be terrible. But when you got to see... The new look Lakers with LeBron and LeBron unlocks this whole roster. Okay. AD is the keto to us making it where we want to be, you know, and that's the play in. That's the playoffs. That's the championship. If you know, whatever year in and year out, he's going to be the key to that. But LeBron unlocks it. Isn't that crazy? Like none of this is going to work unless LeBron unlocks everybody else. And AD then has to play to his full potential. And I'm not going to sit here and talk about health and stuff because right now he's healthy. We're going to 
talk like that. You know, we're gonna talk like he's gonna be healthy. Now, it's it's fair that if you're a Laker fan and you're you know scared to death every time he falls because you never know what he's gonna grab. So I, I'm not knocking you either. But it's those that selection of fans have just already said, "Oh, he's gonna get hurt anyway." Like you know how someone who just expects bad things to happen or they want something bad to happen so they don't have to get their hopes up. It's like you're a very toxic individual. It's toxic. Like you really just want want the bad to happen now so you don't get your heart broken later. Listen, let that heart break. It's only sports. Enjoy it. Okay? Enjoy it. Trust me. If if AD gets hurt, you'll be mad, but you're not the one hurt. You're not the one getting added and talked about and mentioned. This man done deactivated his Instagram account. Let's hope we can stay healthy. That's all I'm saying. But let's get right into the Pelicans game because the last time we played the Pelicans, we had Pat Bev guarding B.I. as Brandon Ingram. And you see how that worked. He just shot over the top of him the whole game. And with this roster, let's start with open the tip action. We win the tip off. Beasley gets the ball passed to him. He goes and passes the ball to Dino, who's in the left wing. And then Dino does a dribble handoff on LeBron James. He then, Dino then goes to the corner three spot. And then when, um, when Anthony Davis and LeBron do their pick and roll action, Dino slides up to the wing again. And McCollum, who is helping in, trying to dig in on AD's pick and roll because you had to respect it, LeBron throws it right over the top of him. Dino gets the open three. That's how we start the game. Any questions, class? That made me excited just cause, just off the rip, all right? And then the next play down, okay, Dino and LeBron now, they're in their pick and roll action. And they do it on the left wing. Hmm, I want y'all to make sure we should. Let's start watching what Dino's actions are when he's in the game. Is he operating on the left wing or not? I don't know yet. Small sample size. Let's see what happens. But anyways, he's on the, he's on the left wing. Him and LeBron do the pick and roll. And now LeBron has the gravity and he makes everyone look at him. And now Dino is driving baseline. Well, we know he can shoot the mid-range. He can do a lot of things. He's crafty. He gets the attention of the defense. And from the weak side, AD swoops in. And this is when you get that no-look Allen you pass to Anthony Davis. So these are just sample size of first. You know, this is just the first glimpse of what we've seen. And then we went to see what they did the rest of the game. So that starting lineup of Dino. AD, LeBron, Vanderbilt, and Beasley was one that I was kind of wanting to see, but I just didn't think Darvin Ham was going to do it. I was sure we were going to see Dennis, or I was sure we were going to see Troy Brown. I was scared that Rui was going to start over Vanderbilt, and you know I'm a Vando, Vandalorian guy. So I was very pleased to see the starting lineup. So I'm not saying that this starting lineup is going to stick. We don't know what, what he's going to do against the Warriors. We might go back and we might see Rui again or Troy Brown. I don't know what to expect from Darvin Ham. So far, his coaching is a C for me. And since he's a rookie coach, head coach, I'm just, it's just average. It's like, yeah, hey, I'm not, people talking about, is he going to be back next year? They signed him to four year, four years. Of course he'll be back next year. And now if he can get this roster in the off season and, and actually let this team build chemistry and he can see what they can do defensively and add in, that's a whole nother story. But as for this year, what we have now, 23 games left, this is what we have. At least we know what we have, and we know we don't have the chance of seeing three six foot one guys and six, well, six one, six one, and six three on the court at the same time. Okay. He we destroyed that possibility of playing three small guards. You might see three guards, but they're not gonna be all small. So thankfully that's gone. That that eliminates that for him. But now, you know, now we have to look and see what is his rotation gonna be. I didn't like the fact that Dino set out so long doing stretches of the game. Granted, you know, we had a winning game, but the Pelicans brought it back in and it got close at times. So I really didn't care for that. So 
it's some questions that I have going forward, you know, and I'm going to get to these questions next. I'm going to talk about, do we have time to jail? I'm going to talk about the starting lineup and the closing lineup again. But this time it's a good thing because we actually have a team that we can do that. And then as well as we're going to talk about the next seven games. I'm going to let you know who those opponents are next. All right, we are back. Chill Bravado Podcast, Laker8216. Thank you for listening on any and all platforms where you can find podcasts. And with your second listen, please go out and check the All Things Sports Podcast by my boy, my brother, JR. Go check him out. He breaks down everything I don't break down. You know, but I do love when he breaks down the MLB and the NBA and the NFL and the WNBA. He might even do soccer and golf for all I know. Um, college basketball is going to be a little tricky, but go check out all things sports podcast. My brother, JR, where he'll be looking to have guests coming on. Hopefully I'll be one of them soon. We're going to get that thing worked out and we just have fun and chill with him, man. He, he's going to give you his honest opinion. I don't always agree with all of it, but for the most part, I do. He know I like to be combative, but check him out. So let's get right into it now. Remaining questions I have for the Lakers. Do we have time to jail? This is the biggest question. If we need to start a lineup as is right now, bar, you know, health. If we're going to assume everybody's healthy, you know, one or two games missed, that's okay, but not 10 you know, if not 15, then we're done. We're screwed. But if we have this starting lineup, this is the lineup I would go with. And the only thing I would probably switch if I had to would be Austin Reeves maybe would slide into, you know, my, um, Malik Beasley's little spot. I mean, I can see that. But for the most part, go with this, man. Because in my opinion, the starting lineup, dudes are not like, like hunting guys like they would in the end of a game or in the midst of a game where you try to find an advantage like, you're not going out there trying to hunt Malik Beasley. Okay, we got it. Who is he guarding? We're going to go straight for them off the rip. No. Most people now, you're going to run through your sets. And you're going to, you know, see what you got and, and, and see what you can get off your, your actions, you know. And then later on in the game, that's when I feel like teams are like, okay, now look, now we have to adjust and get get the advantages that we want. Because and that is, if that was the case, team would hunt Steph Curry every game, all game. If that was the case, they would hunt, you know, you know Michael Conley and all these guys. These little guards, like if they have small guard, you would hunt those guys and try to get them on, you know, mismatches. But I feel like this starting lineup should just stick for a while. Let's see what happens with it. And I personally like Rui coming off the bench. I want to figure out more a way to get him involved. Him and Dennis together in the second unit kind of intrigues me a little bit. Troy Brown not being the starting um, primary defender on the wings intrigues me because if Vanderbilt can defend the way he did against B.I., which made a big difference this time around because last time we had Pat Bev trying to defend, um, defend um, B.I. and it just didn't work out. Just too small, right? Just too much, giving up too many inches in height. The, the wingspan's crazy. But Vanderbilt, who's right there with him, able to contest high, who's able to surprisingly not only move. So I feel like if Vanderbilt can defend B.I. like that, he has a, a good shot at defending the Kawhi Leonard's of the world and all that. But then Malik Beasley is the one where you wonder about. Because Dino, we know he's not an individual great defender. But we're going to hope that him being on a new team and trying to prove it, he's going to up his play. So Malik Beasley, we can just get him. To, he's actually pretty athletic. So we can get him and Dino to play motivated defense, team defense, and know that you got Vanderbilt, you got the smarts in LeBron James, you got the all-time defensive type talent in Anthony Davis. Because I just feel like this should be the group. 
if you want more defense, then you go Austin Reeves in certain matchups. But I don't want to do all that. I just want to run the starting lineup and let's let the bench be the bench. Okay. I don't think with, with this lineup is moving forward. Is I don't like seeing D'Lo sit long, long stretches. I don't like seeing parts of the game with LeBron and AD are both sitting on the bench at the same time. You know, that drives me a little crazy. I don't understand that. I don't really see the point in having both your stars sit at the same time and let the you know reserve players try to figure out how to you know hold it together. You know, I I can get if AD still like you want to slowly walk him back in and LeBron dealing with his foot, but can we just make sure we kind of you know put them stagger their minutes a little bit less? You know, I don't know, but that bothers me. But you can't have all three of them sitting at the same time. I was just confused during those moments, but. That's not my job. I'm just analyzing what I see. But the starting lineup and the closing lineup, okay? Like, when you're watching a boxing match or UFC, you know, the main event is always going to be what draws the people. So the closing lineup is really the most important thing. But if you are a wrestling fan, the opening match of a Raw or SmackDown or pay-per-view is key because you want to bring the crowd in and put some energy in the building. So the starting lineup is definitely important. But the main event is what sells the whole thing. So one thing I do want to point out is the rotation of the bench is also key too. Because at those UFC fights, at those boxing matches, you have the mid cards, or you know, or, or you know, in, in wrestling, you have those 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 mid you know those mid card matches that are that, you know there's not really big time, but they carry the show. Right. So we need these guys to figure out the rotation. These guys being the coaching staff to figure out the rotations when LeBron, AD and Dino have to go out the game. Can you figure out our mid card? Can you figure out, you know, the, the part that's going to be the glue that's going to keep our starting lineup and our closing lineup? You know, let's keep it competitive until we can get to those acts. Act one, the starting lineup. You know, middle of the game, the second and third quarters, the, the you know, the rotation there pieces. That's, you know, that's one part. It's act two. Act three and the finale is going to be the main event, the closing lineup. So I just, I'm just curious to see how Ham and the coaching staff is going to figure out a way to make this show run as flawless as possible. Because we're still going to have turnovers, still going to have, you know, miscommunications. But how can we give ourselves the most margin of error that we can still be competitive. And I feel like this lineup and this roster is built more to handle that. So I'm excited a little bit about that. So the, the when I say the, the, the mid-round guys, that's when you're talking about the Troy Brown, the Austin Reeves, the the, the Bamba. Um, we talking about Rui. You know, unfortunately, he's kind of out of the rotation. You know, winning Gable. But these guys are still valuable. You know, you know, Dennis. You know, these guys are really going to have to keep Anything they give you can be bonus. If, if if our starting lineup plays the way it did against the Pelicans, although small sample size, that's going to be great. So, you know, we used to, you know, need Dennis to score 20 points to win games before this trade. Now, if we can get those starters going and Dennis comes in and gives you 15 or 20, that is a bonus. If Rui gives you 13, that's a bonus. If Troy Brown gives you good defense and three or four made threes, that is a bonus. So all I want to see is how is our starting lineup going to be our opening act? And how is the middle rounds of the game, the quarters of the game going to be act two? And then the grand finale act three, can we get the win at the end in our main event? Yes, I believe it's possible, but we're going to come back. We're going to talk about the next seven games, see how we might fare in it. Okay, we're going to see what the record may be and might become. And then we're going to get into the top five.
All right, all right, all right. Let's get right back into it. Okay, next seven game is Golden State Warriors. Then we got the Mavs. Then we got the Grizz. Then we got OKC. Then we got the T-Wolves. Golden State again, and then the Grizzlies again. So what can we do with those seven games? Now, the most optimistic version of me was, say, five and two. Okay, but the most, you know, semi-optimistic would say, okay, well, what if we win four games? You know, and the 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 most realistic bummer is like you don't want to go 500 anymore. You got to start playing above that. Like we got to have a you know grade A performances. So I'm not gonna be as happy if we go. You know, you know you can't really go 500 on seven games, but you can't go like you can't win like three. You know you can't you can't win like two. Like you can't you can't beat going to state and then lose to the Mavs and the Grizz. And then, you know, beat OKC and then lose to the T Wolves and go in the state and then win, beat the grid. It's like that you, you you can't take the one step forward, two steps back anymore. So Golden State, I feel like we can win this game against Golden State. That's a game that we need to win because we want to stack on the fan base's excitement for what we have right now. We want the confidence of the team to go. That means rotation-wise. And Steph's not playing. So that's definitely a help. And I want to make sure I push back on, you know, the Pelicans game because although we played great and they didn't have Zion. So let's not let's not act like we played against a full, you know, full Pelicans team. So let's just make sure we understand it. Kind of like when we beat Golden State the last time, you know, they didn't have Steph. So the way that they were able to defend Golden State without Steph was great how they did with Clay and Jordan Poole. But if Steph would have been there, it would have been a different matchup. I want to make sure I point that out. And I think they went to that Portland game that we got blew out of. They tried to defend Portland the same way they defended Golden State. It's not, that's not, no. Two different style of, you know, back, you know, elite backcourt scoring. Like, no Steph allowed you to play Clay and Jordan Poole like that. Then you turn around and try to use that again when you can't drop coverage and you can't do all that stuff on Dame because Dame, his 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 dribble pull-ups and his and walking to anything and he's hot, it's over. And then and then they try to eventually try to get it out of his hands and everybody else was hitting too. So it was too late. Like they they tried to go to the double and adjust. Ham's in-game decision making makes me question the, the the success of this team if the games are close and tight. Um, you know, you know, more often than not. But that's for him to correct and for him to prove us wrong. So I say we, we win against Golden State. The Mavericks, I have no idea because honestly, I don't really know how this I, I haven't had a chance to watch enough of Luca and Kyrie together. Like I didn't get a chance to watch. I just watched the highlights. I, I guess this is gonna be the first time I get to see an extra game. We know what Luca did to us last time we played against them and it was frustrating, but Let's see what we do with this squad. With this squad, I want to see what we're able to do offensively, and what we we can do defensively. Because now I'm just curious. I'm watching to see can Vanderbilt continue to guard perimeter players the way he is, which gives us AD able to play more center field, and LeBron's able to bark out artists and play motivated defenses occasionally. Because we know he's not closing out hard on anybody anymore. It's just not happening. So, I don't know. I feel like since we played the Grizz twice, we have to beat them at least once. So, I wonder, can we go ahead and get the Grizz early? And let's say we beat Golden State, we lose to the Mavs, we beat Grizz, and we, then let's say we get our revenge on OKC for beating for beating LeBron on his, you know, all-time scoring, you know, night. 
So let's say, all right, that's one. That's one and one. That's two and one. That's three. I'll say we're three and one up to the OKC. I feel like we should not have any reason not to beat the T-Wolves. So four and one. Now, beating Golden State again is probably going to be hard. Okay. So that will be four and two. And now, we, and now this is what gets, you know, this is what makes me nervous. I, I want to beat Golden State or the Grizzlies. One of them teams we have to beat twice. Which team could we do? I know with Steph not being out, we should say Golden State. But I'm just not positively, you know, I'm not, I'm not confident yet in us doing that. But I would love for us to win five out of these next seven games. And if we can get four, I can live with that at this moment because I think we're going to still have some games that we'll be able to get to that we can still win. But some games against the Suns that we're going to be like, hmm, okay, I don't know. You know, some games against the Suns that we're probably going to look at and be like, yeah, that's probably a loss. You know? So, and, and, and also we have, you know, a game against the Clippers. Hmm. I wonder, I wonder, how will that game go? We have one more game against them and we know who plays for them, right? Huh? Russ? And I think like the Clippers added him there and it's going to be great for them because now they're going to have a guy who's still fired up and wants some revenge, but they also have somebody to blame if they lose. If they lose in the playoffs and when they lose in the playoffs, they can say, oh, it was Russ. He ruined us. Hip, it was Russ. But then you got Pat Bev who went to the Bulls and now he's got the, the two games in March circled. So he's saying that he's going to, allegedly I heard him say, I didn't hear, I heard reports of it. That he said he's going to help knock the Lakers out the playoffs and when he when they when they play against the Bulls in March, they play twice. I'm looking forward to it. I love Pat Bev and I love Russ. I enjoyed the Pat Bev experience of him being on his team. I wish there was a way we could have kept him and got more depth, but hey, I'll take Mobamba anyway. I'll take him over that. You know, younger, you know, control. He has, you know, he's not expiring contract. He, he his next year is not guaranteed. So I, I like that move. Russ, I like him going to the Clippers just because I'm glad he doesn't have to leave LA. He gets to stay here. I, I, I want to see Russ successful. I, For the most part, I enjoyed this version of Russ this year. I didn't enjoy last year because of the slander kind of fatigued me as a fan. And it was it wasn't fun to watch. And it wasn't great to see every week someone try to blame Russ for everything. It wasn't his fault. But I also will say I don't see him propelling them to be the NBA champions. But I want to see it first. So, I'm intrigued to see how it works. I'm interested to see what they do because they because the Clippers don't have the same issue as the Lakers. Like they got shooters. And you know, but if you play in Zubak and you're playing Russ in the starting lineup, which I still think Russ needs to start. I'm done with the bench play and all that stuff. I say you gotta start Russ, but if I'm playing against him in the playoffs, I'm playing off Zubak and I'm playing off of Russ. And I'm making life miserable. And, and Morris is going to have to beat me more often than not. Because Luke Kennard's gone. Terrence, man, you're probably going back to the bench, which is fine. I think they're going to be deep. So let's see what happens. Let's see how they work with that tornado. And I'm going to be right back. And we're going to get into our top five. All right, it is now time for our top five. Yes, right. We're getting to the top five right here. 
I'll tell you the top five um, teams from the East and top teams from the West. And I just kind of discuss them and go whatever my mind goes to. So today I'm just going to say a word or phrase or words that I think of when I hear this team. And let's start with the East as usual, Boston, who is number one. And the first word comes to me is deep, deep. Like they have a team that is built for the playoffs and they have a team that can really wear you down defensively. They've gotten healthy. Um, Jalen Brown's back going to be wearing the mask. Um, Tatum is in MVP form. I heard, I hear people say, um, you have Robert Williams, you had Al Horford, you have Marcus Smart, you have Malcolm Brogdon, you have Derek White, you have, you know, Grant Williams, you know, you know, <laughs> what Yana said about him was funny. I mean, and so on and so on. Then they added, uh, Muscala, Muscala from, from OKC who shot the laces off the ball against the Lakers as well as Portland, you know? So deep boston's deep man so you know credit to what they have over there and i'm curious to see them run through the east since they're like so much better than everybody and the sarcasm in my voice lets you know how i feel about that so number two is the bucks and when i think of the bucks the word that comes to my mind is pressure Giannis is going to put pressure on every other opponent and team that they run up against i know he's gonna banged up right now but um, I think we're going to be okay with just a risk. Okay. You know, it's just a risk. So, you know, heal up fast. Let's go big fella. Middleton is, is really coming back into his own. He's, he was bodying us when we had the little guards and we playing three guard lineups, trying to guard him with Pat Bev. He was biting up Troy Brown, you know, so I'll let you know how I feel about Middleton drew holiday, the all-star, you know, you know, he, he's, he's definitely qualified to be in this conversation. One of the best. So, Pressure is what I get when I think of the Bucks. 76ers are next. And when I think of the 76ers, all I think about is force and skill. Okay. The force and the skill that MB brings is crazy. It's unstoppable. It's amazing. Hopefully he stays healthy. James Harden, who has been playing quietly, but great. So you have a team that is built around. They can match up and play with anybody in the East. So, they they're kind of matchup proof. They're just gonna have to be beaten. Like somebody's just gonna have to outplay them and beat them. And that's pretty much what that's gonna be. So when I think of the 76s, I think force and skill. All right, and the Cavs, they're just young and wild and free. Like this to me, they get a chance to just come out and just play ball. Like they playing like, hey, we got here faster than we thought. There's no pressure on, to me on them to win a title or get to the conference finals. But if they do anything like that, it's just icing on top of, you know, they, they, they're young enough and they're good enough where they can be good for several years. And, you know, shout out to Donovan Mitchell. I mean, put them in a spot, you know, where, where he's at now. I mean, he had the best chance ever in the playoffs. Now getting away from that Utah jazz team. Ill, yuck, pooey. Um, and the Nets round out the top five. And I just look at them as being brand new. Like this is this whole new team. Like this team didn't get you to five, man. <laughs> it's like so just a short time ago. We were talking about them being like, oh, the league's in trouble. K KD and Kyrie together. They about to ooh wee. They won 12 games in a row. Then KD gets hurt. Then then Kyrie wants out. Then Kyrie gets out. Then KD leaves. And you know, and uh, and then Mikael Bridges drops 45, and we look at them like, oh, my God. Yeah, career high. So he's about to lead this team to the promised land now, you know? Oh, yeah, Ben Simmons still on the team. They said they're going to shop him in the offseason, allegedly. Who knows? So that's the top five in the um, 
in the East. Let's go to the West. Let's go to the West. Number one is the Nuggets, and I call them the responsible adults. That's right. Nothing sexy about this team. Nothing nothing wild about this team. They just get the job done, and they clock out. You know what I'm saying? They clock out at 3.30 every day, or they might pull a 10-hour a, a shift. You never know. But when the weekends come, that's when it's family time. So they, they just come to get it together. They're a very balanced team, playing very well. Nothing pretty about it. You know, they're doing laundry day. You know, they're doing simple things, you know, having dinners with the family. You know, just regular responsible things that they do. They're not out here, you know, Snapchatting everything, you know, Instagram, you know. So that's what I think about the Nuggets. The Grizzly, I like to call them fire and desire because they had the fire and they started off real well. Now that they had the desire, you know, do they have it <laughs> to get back to the top? Or where they was looking down on everybody in the West And they was fine in the West And the chimney and all the smoke But one thing I will say is I hope Ja keeps that same energy man Because I feel like it's fun for the league And right now that they're in a rough patch You know you know I me. Mean? I'm not a guy I don't beat up on guys when they're down I like to beat up when you're, you know, when you're high And you can take it But when you're down I gotta give you a little pep talk I want Ja and his team to keep that same energy man Keep keep fighting Keep acting like you're the underdog This might be good for them going into this next half Next part of the season just so they can get that fire back. Because I feel like once they were kind of like just rolling and roasting and Josh dunking on everybody and gritty and, and then Dylan Brooks came and started doing stupid stuff and Desmond Bain's foot's a little banged up and Steven Adams got hurt and JJJ just likes to foul, foul, foul. So, you know, it's just kind of what this team is. They had the fire. They just got to get that desire back to win and not think, you know, they haven't won anything. I said that. Um, but now when I see other people say it and they say it was so disgust, it makes me sick. I'm saying it from a place of love, you know, you know, they're the Kings. They come in at three and they just foxy, you know, I don't believe in them as a team that's going to make a lot of noise in the playoffs. I mean, when I say that, I don't see them going to the conference finals. I mean, I know it's a long way away. I don't really see them coming out the first round just because Sabonis to me is not a good defender. He's not a good five. I don't like it, but I mean, if they're going to make it out, it's going to be because of that guy named Fox. Foxy Fox, you know what I'm saying? Real Foxy, okay? The Clippers, um, the hammer and the nail. That's what I'm going to call them. I'm looking at them. They can be the hammer or they can be the nail. And that's all I can see. And whenever, if they're the nail, they're, um, they're going to hammer us and they're going to blame it on him. If they're the hammer, man, they'd be good for that fan. I don't, I don't even know if there's a fan base for the Clippers, but for, adult, for that team and for that franchise to be able to say, we made it to the finals. We had a chance. We have a chance to win the title. I don't believe it, but you know, whatever. And the Suns is just a mid-range messiahs, mid-range massacre, mid-range. You know, that's all it is. And I'm going to have a lot to talk about them, but that's all it is right now. I haven't seen them play. Katie hasn't came there yet. So they're the favorites to win, I guess. I'll talk about that more in detail later, on, you know, because I just feel like I don't want to waste my time at the end of this trying to rush it. So that's your top five. And yeah, that's how I feel about them. That's how I feel about them. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for, for where the league's going right now. We have a good we have a good stretch of games coming up. Thursday, everything kicks off. We're going to have like nine games on Thursday, but it's only one game that's really important, and that is the Lakers and the Warriors on TNT. So I'll see you guys after that game because we have a lot to break down. Let's build on the optimism. Oh, I have rise, and we're still in Black History Month, so I'm telling you, get your Martin Luther King voice on, and let's lead them to the promised land. Okay, I've seen the mountaintop in 2020. I hope to see it again. And this is your boy, Chill B. <laughs> this is the Chill Bottle Podcast. 
See you guys next time. Thank you.